This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. Project Humanoid, this is Murder, My Dude. I'm BP Burke. And today I'm Jackson Wells. You're Jackson Wells most of the time, it seems. You say that a lot. Oh. Well, you are. Feels like Groundhog Day sometimes with these openings. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We didn't do a Groundhog Day. I guess there isn't really a Groundhog Day murder. There should be. There should be. We should do a Groundhog Day episode. Somebody should murder the Groundhog. Yeah. Like, imagine that. Imagine the Groundhog, like, pops out and somebody fucking shoots it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Groundhog Sniper? Yeah, like, that would be amazing. That sounds like a movie. Yeah. So Groundhog should... Day 2. Yeah. This they're, time they're, they're pissed. Yeah. Like, all the Groundhogs come out and they, uh, they attack the Sniper. Yeah, the Groundhogs get their revenge. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it's told, it's told from the Groundhog's perspective. It's like a revenge movie. Yeah. All right, I'm, I can, I can dig it. Yeah. That's good. I like the, um... Re- uh, there was a while there where I was really into Korean movies. And I know that. Yeah, you were into like Old Boy and well, that's what I was getting at the died Lady Death or whatever. Lady Vengeance. Lady Vengeance. Yeah, it was called the Vengeance Trilogy. It was uh, Chan Wook Park. Yeah, and he did uh, or Park Chan Wook, as they say, because they put the first name la- or the last name first, the surname first. Mm. Um, and yeah, he did the Vengeance tr- Trilogy. It was uh. Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, Old Boy, and Lady Vengeance. Yeah. It was all about revenge. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we're going to have to take a trip for our main story from Korea to Japan. Not have to, have to go far. Yeah. So we're in the same general area of the world. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get to that in a little bit after we uh, we, we do our first. But uh, just to let everybody know, um, we are talking about uh, Tumimi Tommy. Saruda, better known as Jumbo Saruda. No, he was no, a, no. Yes, he um, that's his name. Uh, he wrestled for All Japan Pro Wrestling. No, you're. He is dead. Yeah, he but, died uh, May thirteenth, two thousand. Twenty years. W- was he murdered? Have you gotten that far? Um, no. I believe he died of cancer. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I believe he did. And we are not talking about him. We're talking about Junko Furuta, a Japanese schoolgirl. All right. There goes that prep. Luckily, I did prep on the right person. Not the guy who was the AWA world champion. Not not the guy. Funko Pop? No, Junko. J-U-N-K-O. Jumbo Psoriasis. No, no. She did have a skin condition later. And that's an awful joke because this is one of the more reprehensible stories, maybe the most reprehensible. Well, that's why we, we should probably had. laugh about it. Ha ha. Yeah. Um, not not ha ha. That whenever I uh, stuff happened to uh, Jumbo or uh, Junko Furuta. Whenever I think of, um, you can see how I could easily mix that up. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Whenever I whenever I think of Jumbo Saruda, I think of when Cactus Jack was in ECW, mm-hmm. and. He was talking about how it was when he was doing the uh, I'm against hardcore wrestling thing. Yeah. And he said something like, uh, 
when I worked for All Japan, Giant Baba didn't hand me a dozen eggs and say, here, break these over Jumbo Saruta's head. <laughs> <laughs> he always like, he always worked in like people you wouldn't expect them to work in. Like, you remember when he was they were leaving? funny skits, extremely funny skits. When he was leaving and people were like booing him and chanting, you sold out and everything. Yeah. He said, you'll all be at the Philadelphia Spectrum cheering me as I'm wrist locking Mabel. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's perfect. Wrist locking Mabel. Yeah. He he had the funniest fucking. Oh, he was amazing. Him and Stone Cold, I think. Yeah, and like, The Rock, obviously. Huh? And The Rock later. No, talk about ECW. Oh yeah, well uh, yeah, Austin's with the Monday Nyquil. Great, where the big boys play with each other. That that little toilet humor there, but uh, no, there was other stuff that was just brilliant. Yeah, uh, that was brilliant, and then the Mikey Whipwreck, uh, Public Enemy Public Enemy skit was fucking hilarious. Mikey. Go. But but you're you're yeah. you're not setting up what the thing yeah. was. You're just saying a line, so yeah. nobody gets that. Um, but the uh, the whole there. I'm trying to think of what other. The premise was that uh, Mikey Whipwreck was about to wrestle the Sandman for the ECW title, right? And it was a ladder match. Yeah. And he had to train for the match, so they're supposed to be. And the set- Sandman is a, an, an alcoholic. Yes, yeah. always drinking beer, always drinking beer, smoking cigarettes. He's yeah. a way better wrestler, fighter than Mikey Whipwreck at this point, because Mikey Whipwreck's like basically they're doing the Rocky story. He's the underdog, and Public Enemy are the top tag team, probably the most popular uh, like act in the company. And yeah, they're gonna train Mikey Whipwreck for his match. So they get a ladder, they get a six pack of beer. Or no, they, they, they just bring a ladder because Rocco Rock wants to seriously train him, so he has to go out and get some more equipment. Yeah. And so as he's getting the equipment, Johnny Grunge gets a six-pack of beer, the other guy in Public Enemy, and he puts it up on a tree, and he makes Mikey run up to the, run up the climb up the ladder, grab a beer, come down and give it to him. And by the time Mikey goes up and gets the next beer, Johnny's already drank the one that uh, that he was he was given. Right. So and, by the end of it, he's it just, drunk. Just just keeps happening. Yeah. Yeah. Until he just drinks the whole six-pack in like two minutes. Right. And then Rocco Rock comes back and he's like all, uh, like all upset about what's going on. They like they move. Uh, Johnny Grunge like moves the ladder and hits Mike, and he's like dangling from a tree. And he's like, well, I can't stand that Sam man. He's a drunk. <laughs> obviously, he's fucked up too. And uh, see, so yeah, that was an all time great. Segment it was, it was just yeah. you gotta watch. It's really funny. There's there's a lot of great wrestling skits, uh, in and out of ECW, but in ECW, I the I just think the the Cactus Jack ones, yeah, just so good. Yeah, the uh, I remember he won because they were powerful. Like they were funny, but they were powerful. He had a message behind it. Yeah, yeah. You didn't really see that a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was great times. But yeah. that's not what we're here to talk. Yeah, we're not here to talk about Jumbo Saruta either. Yeah. All right. Just to make sure. Okay. Yeah, I think it's all ripped up now. Okay. But before we, um, I think we should change something up a little bit from what sure. we normally do. Let's do it. Because other podcasts, I notice they do this. Normally at the very end, yeah, we shoehorn in all our plugs. That's really weird. What? I wanted to do that this week. Okay. Well, no, I'm serious. Well, we're doing it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. All right. Because I've been watching a lot of things lately mm-hmm. where they they do all their plugs in the beginning, and I wanted to say, but I forgot about it. That's so weird that you would do that. Synchronicity. Yeah. It's it's a real thing. It's more than just a police album. Well, that, that was Synchronicity too. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. Well, I I think, dude, I think there's something to it. You you like to deny it way too many way too many times as this shit happened. I think it's real. Doesn't mean that there's a god. Doesn't mean I just think that there's 
synchronicity. I think it's something that in the universe that we can't explain, my man. Okay. And uh, so fucking strange. That we don't li- know everything. You could be right. But literally, though, that I literally wanted to do that today. Like, mm-hmm. on the kids. I really wanted to do that. I Why did to- you want to do it on the kids? No, no, no. It's just an expression. Oh, like, you're like, swearing like on swearing the kids. kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I really wanted to do that this episode because just, just to do it in the front, just in case. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, I hear a lot of other people do it, and I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe there's something to that. Right. So that's right, everybody. It's time to play Who Dot. Oh, we weren't talking about that, were you? No, no, no. Yeah, we we're talking plugs. about the plugs. That's right. Yeah. 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 I would leave the show. Really <laughs> we did Who Died the Worst when we get. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I just wanted to make make sure we get out, all sure. that out of the way. Uh yeah, um if you enjoy the show normally, if you if you normally. listen to this show and yeah. uh you do enjoy it, recommend tell a friend about it. Or if you irregularly enjoy the show. Yeah. Or even if you sometimes enjoy the show and then you hate listen to it the other times. Yeah. Uh whatever. I, I'm okay with you hate listening yeah. to me. Like, I, like like you hate fuck somebody, you hate listen. I want to li- I want to hear what he says next. Yeah. Like uh Howard Stern. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why I would always do the plugs at the end, because Stern would do that. Like, the end of the show would always be the news, and he would do the plugs. Yeah, a lot of people do, but he also had a huge following. Yeah, and it, yeah, podcasts, cool. usually front-load them. So, uh, you can follow us on social media. Uh, just look up Murder My Dude. We're at Murder My Dude on Instagram and Twitter, at Podcast My Dude on Facebook. You can go to ProjectHumanoid.com and get some sweet, sweet Murder My Dude merchandise. Yeah, there's going to be uh, new things coming soon. Update at the website mm-hmm. a little bit. A little bit. By a little bit, I mean I just deleted stuff. <laughs> something. Yeah. Uh, it was the. Th- it was basically it was like the newest episode, but yeah. it was one from last year. Yeah. And uh, so I deleted that. Uh, Still and- eagerly awaiting the uh, the fifty percent badass fifty yeah, percent little gonna have to, That's going to have to wait uh, until I have a computer where I could actually mm-hmm. you know make things. Okay. Uh, that's going to have to wait a bit. Um. Unless somebody else wants to do, so if somebody else wants to do that image mm-hmm. and send us the image, right, and we'll make money off of it, <laughs> yeah. and then send them their shirt, yeah, yeah, we'll give you a shirt. You make an image, we'll give you a shirt. That's about it. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, did you say emails at murdermydude@gmail.com? I did not, but you just did. Ah, well, there you go. I just did. Email us if you have any questions, comments, hate mail. Send a, Love uh, mail? Pictures. Oh. Send She's, your pictures ooh. to dear old... Murder my dude. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. That's a Captain Noah jingle. It is. It was, it was fun. An old-timey TV children's show host from I used to love those things. I loved those as a kid. Um, And, uh, yeah, you just don't see those anymore. Mm-hmm. They're gone. Yeah. Like, I don't even know, like... I, I guess I guess things like Nickelodeon, like Nick Jr., mm-hmm. things like that, they kind of took the place. But these were local television channels. Uh, I mean, going back from when my dad was a kid, Chief Halftown, yeah. Sally Starr, um, Captain Noah, Soupy Sales, even. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the first ones you mentioned, Sally Starr, they were like Philadelphia local ones. Right, but then you had like bozo the clown yeah that like there there were bozos all over the place i remember there was a bozo in philly right when i was a kid like around 89 90 mm-hmm. but the original bozo i think is from chicago right uh who else was there uh um oh with the um, captain kangaroo captain kangaroo howdy doody howdy doody which howdy doody was a huge one if you don't know who howdy doody is he's the puppet uh there was stanley spadowski's clubhouse oh no that was from uhf that was from a movie <laughs> 
Uh, that guy got canceled. Man, but we had um in in Philly, yeah, we had who else did we have? Uh, Al Albert Showcase. Well, yeah, but that wasn't a kids show. Yes, it was. Well, I thought it was just like a music show. It was for kids. Was it? Yeah. Was Larry Ferrari for kids? I don't know who that is. He was just another guy. I, think I know he, the name. I think he played like the organ or something. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Al Albert Showcase was for kids, dude. Was Lawrence Welk I was for on kids? It. Oh. I was on it, like in the audience. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Lawrence Welk. Was, Lawrence Welk was for very old people. It was a family show. Yeah. My, was, my grandmother loved watching Lawrence. The only shows she would want to watch were like the Golden Girls yeah. she always wanted to watch. The Miss America pageant. Okay. Um... Lawrence Welk. Yeah. And be, when she wasn't able to get out to church, she would watch the mass on Channel 6 on like the, on Sunday mornings. <laughs> My grandmother, I think, watched the mass. Uh, she watched mass. She watched... Uh, I don't know if she watched Golden Girls, but I remember her watching Empty Nest. Yeah, I think my grandmother... I think that came on after Golden Girls. I think she Lawrence watched Empty Welk, Nest, too. Yeah. Um, Everybody's grandmother watched Lawrence Welk. Who's uh, Ed, um, Ed Sullivan? Okay. Well, uh, I wasn't around. But I'm no, sure my but, grandmother but did, too. But I mean, too, but... back in the day. Yeah. Uh, and, um... Oh, and uh, I'm sorry, and All My Children. She called All My Children her stories. Her stories, yeah. yeah. A, lot of, a lot of old people. <laughs> I need to watch my story. Gotta watch she my would watch. Actually, she would watch The Price is Right and then All My Children. My grandmother watched Are You Being Served? Really? From uh, the UK? Yeah, it was on, like, PBS or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, what was PBS's name in Philly? Like uh, the, the Call Letters? Yeah. Uh, WHYY. WHYY. Channel 12. Yeah. It's actually out of Wilmington. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, she watched... But I think they had studios in Philly, too. She watched Ari being served on that. Mm-hmm. I believe that that's the channel that it was on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but those those children's shows are great. Uh, you just don't see those studio shows like that anymore with, like, what, what you know, whether it be uh, children's shows or uh, horror. Yeah, the late night horror hosts. The late night yeah. horror hosts, which were great. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish they would bring those back because there's a, there's a huge horror community. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that they would love it. There's still some, like Svengoolie, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, Isn't that like a throwback, though, like to the old ones, or was he around back then, too? I think it's his dad. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, Elvira know, was the big one. Elvira. Uh, and then Philly. Zachary in Zachary, New York. Yeah. Zachary is from Philly. Uh, grew up, I, I, think, I believe he grew up in Philly, but then, you know, became huge in, like, New York or whatever. Huge in New York. Yeah, huge. Uh, and he was, I mean, he just died a few years ago. Yeah, he was always at Chiller what, Theater, that convention ago? in Jersey. Yeah, he died, I think it was in his 90s. Yeah, he died like two or three years ago. Yeah, crazy. The Cool Ghoul. The Cool Ghoul, yeah. And then in Philly, you had... Um, Saturday Night Dead. Yeah, with uh, Stella. Stella, yeah. yeah. Oh, boy, she was sexy. <laughs> Elvira uh, was sexy. Elvira's still fucking yeah, sexy. Yeah, how old is she now? She's like in her 70s? She's in her 70s. Yeah. She's still fucking sexy. Like, sexy. Like a sexy woman. Sexy sexy but anyway uh speaking of sexy mm-hmm. we're gonna take this to this week murder sexy sexy parents of slain teenager lose court fight over diplomatic immunity on august 27 2019 harry dunn a 19 year old british man was killed when the motorcycle he was driving collided with a car driving on the wrong side of the road in the same lane the car was being driven by former cia operative Anne. Sekulis, the cool ghoul, the Sekul ghoul, the Sekulis ghoulis, whose husband, Jonathan, currently working for the CIA, was working at a U.S. Air Force listening station at a nearby U.K. Royal Air Force base in Croughton, Northamptonshire. After CCTV footage suggested that Sekulis was driving on the wrong side of the road for over 20 seconds, Nick Adderley 
Northampton's chief constable, wrote to the U.S. Embassy urging them to waive diplomatic immunity for Sekulis. I, I think <laughs> of I, course. I think I learned about diplomatic immunity from Clue. That wasn't there a thing in Clue about dip- diplomatic immunity? I don't know. I th- there may have been, but I learned about it a few years ago, and I was like, "That's fucking crazy." Yeah, it is crazy. Uh, instead, <laughs> the U.S. Em- embassy informed the U.K. Foreign Office last October that the Sekulis family was leaving the country and returning to the United States, which they did two days later. The done so they just kill some. They kill a kid. Yeah, she's driving on the wrong side of the road. Hits and kills a 19-year-old kid, says, diplomatic immunity, and pieces out of the country. Okay. The, uh, Did we get that? Um, No. You have to be, like, working in an official capacity somewhere else. That's like, right. if you were, like, an, an ambassador, an ambassador's, like, how, how child. How fucking bullshit is that? Very bullshit. Very, very bullshit. In, in extreme cases, they will wave it a lot, but I'm surprised they didn't hear, actually. I know a lot of the... Government of the UK. Yeah, that's why they're not doing it. Yeah, they can do whatever. Uh, The Dunn family challenged the claim, saying Sekula should have not had immunity. But a UK high court ruled last week that, quote, Mrs. Sekula enjoyed immunity from UK criminal jurisdiction at the time of Harry's death. Harry's parents, Charlotte Charles and Tim Dunn, are not giving up the fight, with Charlotte Charles calling this court defeat, quote, just a blip along the way. Quote, I promised my boy I would get him justice, Charles added, and that is what we are going to do. No one is going to stand in our way. It's obviously disappointing that this court did not find in our favor. And if you notice in the notes, I put favor as F-A-V-O-U-R, because this is a British person talking. (laughs) And, uh, but we are more focused now than ever on fulfilling our promise. Dunn and Charles, as it sounds, as you can tell by that quote, do plan on appealing the ruling. Good. As they should. As they should. As they they certainly should. Oregon man left homeless by wildfire arrested for murder at motel where he's living. What the fuck? The recent rash of wildfires, and they've been really bad this year, uh, that have plagued the west coast of the United States, left Robert Keegan, 47, of Talent, Oregon, and his son, his young son, homeless. Now Keegan will be calling a prison cell home after being arrested in relation to the shooting of Aiden Ellison, 19. Well, now he gets three hots in a cut, huh? Yeah, pretty much. In the parking lot of Ashland, Oregon's Stratford Inn. Okay. In the uh, wee hours of the morning on November 20th, Keegan and his young son had been uh, staying at the Stratford Inn since being displaced by the fires, and on in the wee hours of the morning on November 20th, he had a dispute with Aiden Ellison. The dispute was um, reportedly at its, so around 4 o'clock, in the morning, just to uh, just to be a little more clear on that, it was reportedly over Ellison playing loud music in the hotel parking lot. Okay, so it's four a.m. He's t- he's trying to sleep. His kid's trying to sleep. Yeah. Somebody's outside playing loud music, and he goes out to confront them. Uh, Keegan reportedly confronted Ellison over the music, and the argument ended with Ellison being shot in the chest. Okay, and uh, after the fire, but I mean. <sighs> What? I should also mention there is a racial element to this because uh, Robert Keegan is white and Aiden Ellison is black. Okay. that I don't know that that has anything to do with anything. Um, do we know that that has anything to do with anything? No, it we should don't. have been left out. Then. We certainly don't. Um, my thing is, is what happened? What did Aiden Ellison do? Right. Did he do something? Did he not do? What did Keegan do? How, what happened during this fight that made him shoot? that kid 
Yeah, yeah, that, that this, part we don't know. Is this a Trayvon Martin situation where... With, like, self-defense? Like, where Trayvon Martin, you know, like, the, the, the media let, makes you think that he's a 12-year-old, you know, kid, that he's not. He's a 17-year-old kid or whatever he was at the time. Isn't that what happened? Wasn't he, like, 17? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, he's 17, like, towers over George Zimmerman, beats the shit out of George Zimmerman. Like, he's he physically attacks him. And then you get, oh, well, but George Zimmerman was supposed to you know, follow him. Okay. Yeah. But that doesn't give you the right to put your hands on somebody, which he does. And George Zimmerman shoots him in self-defense because he was getting fucking battered on the ground. Is this a similar situation? Yeah. I, I don't, I, know, I, in the articles I read doing the research for this, it didn't say anything about him pleading self-defense or about him being attacked, but that, that doesn't not to say right, it did I happen. Mean, I don't know that it just comes out like, Hey, fuck you. I hate your, you know, your music being so loud i'm going to shoot you or there's an argument and just things get heated and he pulls a gun out and shoots him yeah you don't know yeah did that happen yeah i mean it could have happened you know what i mean that's what i'm saying like i would like to i would like to know i'd like to see a a follow-up on this yeah did he just shoot the kid did he shoot him because he's black fucking lock him away throw away the key you know no, you, should, you shouldn't throw away the key. You might have to let him out of the cell for like nah. exercise or why appeal hearings for what? Just leave him in there. Leave him in there. Oh wow, yeah. that's 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 harsh. They have bathrooms. They do. And then they have the, water. Don't they have like a bath, like a toilet with a sink on the top? They have sinks, not yeah. on the top, on the side. Oh. I I don't know. My I think mine was on the side. I don't I don't think the the sink was attached to the toilet. Oh, I think it was off to the side. But still, uh, the fucking. If if that's what it is, if he shot him because he's black, fucking lock him away, throw him away the key. If he shot him, how about if you lock up the key and throw him away? Even better. Oh, um, if he uh, if he shot him because just because, fuck him. If he yeah. shot him because he's black, fuck him. But if he shot him because he was defending himself, because yeah, the, the only was attacking the him, only reasonable argument is self defense. Yeah, and I always, 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 always. Defend self-defense. Uh, and to anybody that, that gets pissed off about the Trayvon Martin thing, get over it. Yeah? Get over it. Just, it was self-defense. I don't like George Zimmerman either. He seems like a piece of shit. He does. He seems like a complete piece of shit. But it was fucking self-defense. And one of the, it's funny you bring up George Zimmerman. One of the, uh, I've been listening to this short story collection, and I forget the um, the name of the author on this, but uh, one of the short stories it's uh, like a mystery crime short story thing, uh, or just suspense. And one of the things is called uh, OBF Inc. And it was about this uh, black guy who loses his job. He's like, uh, he has a really good job, but he loses it. He's kind of out of work for a while. And he he's having trouble finding a new job. And he gets an interview for this place called OBF Inc. And as he's coming into the building for the interview, he notices they're not even listed on the thing. And, like, this black guy gets out of the elevator and he's, he's like, where, where are you interviewing? He's like, oh, I'm going to interview at OBF Inc. And the black guy's like, run. And, like, walks out. And so he, he goes up in and it's like this old school office, like the 50s. People are smoking. They have, like, older magazines from, like, the 70s and, and stuff on there. And, like, the uh, the person interviewing him asks him if he's, like, if he's gay, if he's, in, like, what, like, weird stuff he's into. Uh, and he finds out that OBF Inc. It stands for One Black Friend, and basically this company is like a PR firm that will hire out people to be one person's black friend if they're accused of being racist. 
And they, one of the person they bring out is like, and what's it? What is this from? It's a, it's a short story. It's from like a fiction book. I, I'm listening audio book. I was listening to recently. Oh wow! And so yeah, like so basically they're like, uh, you know, you you may notice you know these people like on our wall, diamond and silk. You know them like the uh, the black ladies are like very Republican, almost like a Candace Owens type thing. Okay. Um, but one of the people they bring up is like one of the people who inspired us to create this company. It was like whatever the guy's name. He's like uh, George Martin's one or uh, George Zimmerman's one black friend. Oh shit! Yeah. And so at the very end, the uh, the the guy like uh, oh, spoiler alert. Yeah, I won't spoil it. Yeah, yeah look up OBF Inc. I kind of spoiled um, the uh, premise though. No, it's it sound that sounds really fucking interesting. Yeah, I'd like to see that as like a like a movie or, or like, like a, a short, or like, yeah. a, like an episode. Yeah, it was like a short story. It's something almost like a Twilight Zone yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like to see that. that it, sounds... it it almost reminds me of uh, remember the movie of weird movie. Sorry to bother you. Hmm. I, yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, I love that movie. I like that actor. Oh, Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. He's he's great. And the director too, Boots Riley. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, fantastic movie. Very fucking weird. Yeah. Oh, incredibly weird. Very weird, but fucking awesome. And, I and, loved it. I loved like almost every second of it. And, and I always say the the weirdest, most unrealistic thing about that movie mm. is there was a call center that tried to unionize and it didn't fire them all. You did say that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, back to the story we're talking about. After the fire, Keegan's friends, family, and neighbors raised over $8,000 to help him recover from the fire, and he is now being charged with murder, manslaughter, and unlawful possession of a firearm. So that's that story, and that's This Week in Murder. We're going to take a quick break here and buckle up, because it's about to get pretty freaking grim when we get back. Okay, disclaimer time. I know I kind of brought it up earlier and, and just before the break. And we obviously, of course, we cover sensitive stories each and every week on this show. Unless we're doing like a fictional thing, it's always about murder. Uh, but some of the stories are obviously going to be a little bit worse and more grisly than the other ones. This week is one of those stories. You can make the case that this might be the most disturbing, most brutal killing we've ever covered on this show. Which surprises me because it was your idea to do this one. You you texted me this what? one. No, I said Jumbo Saruta. Oh, yeah. Well, it's very close to Junko Furuta, which is a uh, an awful, awful case here. And uh, this is the case of what is called in Japan. And um, I'm going to give you one more disclaimer here. I'm probably going to absolutely butcher a lot of the Japanese names and words in this. I'm going to mispronounce a lot of stuff, so... Nobody's going to think you're racist. <laughs> Actually, in 2020, somebody will think you're racist. Well, it's... Not, when you have a differing uh, opinion or whatever, everybody's quick to jump on and say, you know, Nazi! Nazi! Like, I did not see that coming. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's very silly. Uh, it's okay to... It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to say a name wrong. It's okay to do a lot of things that people say isn't okay. Uh, so yeah, you have my you have my blessing. Oh, well, thank you. You're I was right. waiting for that. Yeah. Uh, so this is what they call in Japan the uh, jo- Joshi Kosei. I'm going to go with uh, Joshi. I know because that's what they call women's wrestling from Japan. Yeah. Uh, Joshi Kosei. Konorido Zume. Satsujin Jiken, I'm going to say here. That's the that's the best I can do as far as Japanese goes. Uh, Japanese can be a language that's very oddly weird and descriptive when it translates into English in a way that English speakers uh, tend to find a little bit odd. 
So what I just said literally translates into the concrete encased high school girl murder case. I like that. <laughs> That's what that sounds good. <laughs> concrete encased high school girl murder case. I, I love that. That's uh, my band. Is it? That's my new band. Um, mine is still the uh, Sex Pervert, right? Well, no, Sex Pervert's my my musician name, but my band is called the. Oh, uh, that's your musician name. Yeah, my band is called the Cool Headed Logicians. Oh, you're you. I'm Sex, sex pervert. pervert. Oh, the band is the the Cool Headed Logicians. And what was mine? I don't remember. Uh, your now's yours is Concrete and Case High School Girl Murder Case. Yeah, that's that's my new band name. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but my name, my my musician name, Hootie. Who? No, Hootie. Who? No, just Hootie. Oh, yeah. No Blowfish? No. Oh. That wasn't even his name. It was Darius Rock. Yeah, I know. God. And, uh, yeah, it's funny. I always, think, I always come up with The Simpsons for anything, because they, they always tie, everything ties into The Simpsons. And uh, with that Japanese, like, transition, or translation things, there was a uh, Christmas episode once where they're talking about, like, Christmas traditions in Japan, and they say, like, they don't have Santa Claus, they have a robot called Annual Gift Man. Who comes and gives you tree, uh, gifts on Christmas Day? You know the real thing they do on Christmas in in K and uh, I just said it in in Japan. What they uh, they eat KFC. Oh yeah, like KFC is a big thing in Japan because there's a lot of them are Christians, so they they don't really have like a big family Christmas dinner. But a lot of them I go don't, to KFC. I don't understand what that even means, Brian? I mean BP. Well, I mean other than you, like in, in a lot of places where I, I mean everybody knows your name is Brian, but. Brian Paddington Burke. Yeah. Everybody knows that. But I still like to call you BP, mm -hmm. you know, for, for the sake of yeah, the show. Theater of the mind. All right. Um, what does Christian have to do with anything? First of all, Santa is secular. Right. I, it's my new company. It's called Secular Santa. Mm -hmm. uh, you can you can call on us uh, and we will send a Santa out mm -hmm. to maybe like a local mall or community center are they going to be behind glass this year uh yeah we'll have plexiglass yeah you see that like a lot of that that's what they're doing now with like a lot of mall santas is the kid will actually sit in front of santa it'll be like a glass divider and then santa will be behind them in the picture oh yeah i i see a lot of uh i know in like at knott's berry farm they have a thing mm -hmm. where you can get a picture with like snoopy but there's like a fence yeah. So you get like a self a selfie and uh a snoopy selfie there's a dude you know how they some people say sick pick yeah. Uh, some uh this dude Justin Scarred, I don't know if he coined mm -hmm. it, but he's calling it a healthy selfie. <laughs> healthy selfie, I like it. Uh, yeah, sick pick, and then pick. when you watch Eagles play, it's a pick six. Oh boy. Yeah. Anyway, uh yeah, I mean it makes sense to have like a uh like a divider. A, yeah. a divider up. You know, right now. I'm sure around here it's like I fuck it, Santa Santa's yeah, left. So right now they'll fucking let Santa diddle, diddle your kid. <laughs> I mean, why not? They let the priest do it. You know? Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, but I mean, like in in places where it's not like a, a Christian dominated thing, where Christmas doesn't have the foothold, like in Japan, mostly they don't give a fuck about Christmas. They should, and but we should uh, bring that. We should really bring that over there. But KFC is really marketed like that. The big thing you do on Christmas is KFC. Okay. So that's like a that's a big thing in in Japan. Yeah, it's weird. Since they don't like Christmas, but they want to eat KFC on, on Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Very fucking weird. Yeah, it's just like a successful marketing thing the KFC wound up that's doing. Fine. No, that's cool. Just, but they need Santa, so. Uh, I think but, they do. I think what they do is they have Colonel Sanders, like, dressed as Santa. My, my idea for secular Santa is to bring it to, like, to say, hey, Santa's for everyone, not just Christians. Bring it to Jewish kids, Muslim mm -hmm. kids, you know, little Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa I think that's maniacs. a religious thing. Kwanzaa maniacs. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, what's not a religious thing? 
Kwanzaa? I thought that was like an ethnic thing. It's fucking re- what are you dumb? I guess. The fuck is wrong with you? Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, yeah. Christmas. It's a fucking religious thing. What religion's Kwanzaa? The Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. People. Yeah. No. It's it's a it's a black holiday. Right. Yeah, but black's not a religion. Kwanzaa is though. Okay. And and it's a religion in a sense. What do you mean black's not a fucking? What are you talking about? I've never heard. I've never asked anybody what religion they are, and then they say black. You've never met 2020 before, have you? No, it's a year, not a person. How could I meet it? God, you just don't get anything this year. Apparently, I don't. Wow, get with it. I know there's one thing I don't want to get this year. What's that? Narona. You're going to get it. <laughs> you're going to get it. You're going to get it. <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> Bang, zoom, right in the lungs. Listen, I think you already had it. That's Pretty true. Sure it's I'm, possible. I'm 100%. You already fucking had it. Now, don't know what the long-term effects or don't know what it'd be like if you got it again. Yeah. I don't want to find out. Yeah. That's the scary part. Yeah. That's the scary part. You know, all year, I've all, I've had this little like little bit of like mucusy thing. I, have, I sometimes feel like my throat's closing up a little bit. All year? Yeah, all year. Yeah. Yeah. I've had this like mucusy thing all year mm-hmm. that I don't have. And I'm like, is it just coincidence? Are you long haul in the Rona? No, I think that I had a little bit of a... A little something, something. A little something, something. A little something, something. Anyway. 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 This has nothing to do with Junko Furuta. It's either here nor there. It's there. Where? There, Japan. Huh. Uh, and this, and like I said, this is the uh, the concrete encased high school girl murder case. There are exceptions, of course, but a lot of the murders we cover here are brutal attacks. Uh, but they're usually over relatively quickly, and the victim is put out of their misery. Uh, but depending on which version of the story you believe with this... The victim we're discussing this week, uh, this is 17-year-old high school student Junko Furuta. Uh, she was brutalized and abused for either 40 or 44 days, most likely 40. But they, they uh, one of the books or what, like a movie or an article about this is called like 44 Days in Hell, but it was probably 40 days. And it's a small wonder, it's a miracle kind of, well, not miracle because it's not really a good thing. Uh, the Junko Furuta lasted that long. Uh, so the crime we're covering here took place in 1988, and uh, it branched out in 1989, because uh, again, it's a long ordeal here. And that's a few years before 1992, which was when the Japanese government passed what was called the Anti-Boryokudan Act. Uh, while that literally translates, Boryokudan literally, literally translates to violence group, it is what Japanese law enforcement officers call the groups that you, me, and most people are going to more likely know as the Yakuza. Hmm. Uh, and like the RICO laws in the United States, the anti boryokudan Act greatly diminished the reach and power of organized crime in Japan. But in Tokyo circa 1988, when this is happening, uh, gang ties brought with them a degree of fear. You, It was one of those things you saw somebody that you thought was in the Yakuza, you, you go the other way. You say Yakuza or Yakuza? I say Yakuza. How come? I don't know. That's always how I heard it said. Hmm. And um, just how much fear these people had will be illustrated soon. Or just how much fear other people had of them would be illustrated soon. Are you drawing them? No. Not that kind of illustrated. Ah. We're going to illustrate it with words. Gotcha. Junko Furuta was about to graduate from Yashio Manami High School in uh, Saitama, which is one of the larger secondary cities in the greater Tokyo area. Like her parents, Junko was studious and a hard worker, earning high grades with nearly perfect attendance, 
while also working a part-time job at a factory to help finance a post-graduation vacation she was planning. And she even had a job for uh, after school lined up in an electronics store. Uh, that all came to an end on November 25th, 1988. Oh, wow. November 25th. That was just uh, last week. Yeah. So this is almost um, 32 years ago that this happened. Wow. In fact, 32 years ago today, uh, some bad things were happening in the Junko Furuta. That's so weird that I give you this thing to do. Yeah, it was around this. It started around this time. Yeah, Around this time. Around Thanksgiving. Around Because mm-hmm. uh, November 25th is my dad's birthday. And uh, today is seven years my dad's dead. He died mm-hmm. a week after. Uh, well, they found him a week after his birthday. Right. Like oh, a week to, you know, to the day. Mm-hmm. Um, they found him December 2nd. Uh, so today as we're recording, it's December 1st. But the coroner said that he was dead for most likely dead for 24 hours. Right. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, November 25th, 1988. My dad, that would have been my dad's 40th birthday. Wow, my dad been my on the age my dad would have been at that point. Oh wow, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. How about that? So, um, so this is the day after the American Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving was the twenty fourth year. So this is Black Friday, as well. And Which was started in Philly. Yeah, and on, actually, by if it's early in the morning in Japan, it's still Thanksgiving here because they 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 start their day a little before us. Two teenage boys, both low level low level members of the local yakuza. Hiroshi Miyano and Nobuharo Shinji Minato. I think his name was Shinji and he went by Nobuharo back or goes by Nobuharo now. Uh, they were cruising the streets of the Masato section of Saitama. And there's no elegant way or kind way to put what Hiroshi and Shinji's intentions were here. They were trying to find a girl to rape. They would just do this. They would walk around, find a girl, rape her. Not good people. And according to some versions of the story, Hiroshi and Junko were high school classmates, and Junko had spurned his advances, but that doesn't appear to be a case. They appear to have been strangers. And uh, that uh, apparently that's like an Americanization of it, like a romanization of it, that he was just like, he spurned, she spurned his advances, and that's where this happened. She just kind of got picked out because she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, what is the case is that Hiroshi was the type of person who did and took whatever he wanted, and now he wanted Junko. So Shinji was a decoy in their plan. He stalked Junko and knocked her off her bicycle and then ran off. And then Hiroshi comes in as the heroic witness and chases him off. Uh, and she, he offers to walk Junko home safely so she doesn't get messed with anymore. However, uh, Hiroshi lured Junko instead to a nearby warehouse where he revealed he was a member of the Yakuza and he forced Junko to go inside. Inside the warehouse, uh, Shinji was already there and they called two other friends Joe Agora and Yasushi Watanabe, and the four gang raped Junko in the warehouse. Joe suggested that they keep Junko at Shinji Minato's house. Uh, this is J O Joe. J O, yeah, but not yeah. J-O-E. Yeah. Um He uh suggested they ke- keep Junko at Shinji Minato's house so they could uh just keep her there for a while and come back and basically have their way with her again. And they had done this before. They had like kidnapped girls, held them for a few days, and then let them go. And they told Junko at the time that they they found her address in a notebook in her backpack, and if she tried to escape, they would kill her and her entire family. So that's how they kind of kept her in line. And uh, Junko was kept in a house owned by her uh, by Shinji's parents in the Adachi section of Tokyo. Uh, the gang, like I said earlier, had kidnapped young women, held them captive as sex slaves 
for a few days and let them go in the play in the past. But here uh, they decided to keep Junko longer. Uh, when Hiroshi's parents were around, they acted like Junko was dating him. Uh, or when um, Shinji's uh, parents were around, they would act like Junko was dating one of the people in the gang. But then eventually they dropped the whole ploy, the whole facade, when it became pretty clear that the uh, Minato family feared their own son and his uh, associates in the gang ties, and they weren't going to go to the cops. Like, they were so afraid of their own son, they weren't going to go to the cops. And Junko's parents, too, were uh, on the search for their daughter, obviously. She went missing. So the uh, the kidnappers made her call her mother uh, and saying she just ran away. She's staying with a friend. She's safe. But uh, she had to tell her mom to ha- tell the police to stop looking for her. And so that's how he kind of got uh, her, the people off her scent. And the uh, the ground we've covered so far is heinous enough. A kidnapping, rape, obviously horrible things are happening already. But we're not even scratching the surface yet. The real reason the Junko Furuta case is infamous is the sheer amount of abuse that she would endure over the next nearly month and a half. Once the once the pretense... To, to, to be specific, 44 days. 40 days. It says a lot of things say... I mentioned that earlier. A lot of things say 44 days. It was 40. Really? Yeah. Huh. Because well, everything has 44. It, it, it's 40. It, it's 40. Okay. Um, one of the pretense... Once the pretense of her being the girlfriend of one of the kidnappers was dropped... Did you count the days? I did not, but I've, I've read a lot of things that said uh, things will say 44, but it's 40. Hmm. What about the things that say it's 44? Well, then it's disputed then. <laughs> it's disputed. Okay. Um, I'm going to count as you do this. So I'm going to count the days. Okay. Uh, once the pretense of uh, Junko being the girlfriend of one of the kidnappers was dropped, she was almost never allowed to wear clothes. In addition to being raped regularly, she was beaten. Uh, sometimes hanged from the ceiling and used as a human punching bag. Free weights were dropped on her body. She was burned with lit cigarettes and uh, lit firecrackers were set off in her mouth, ears, and anus. Uh, she was violated vaginally with a lamp that was still plugged in and turned on. Uh, during one torture session, her left nipple was ripped off with a pair of pliers. In early December, Junko attempted an escape and was caught while trying to phone police. She was again used as a punching bag with the kidnappers damaging her internal organs so badly that she vomited immediately after trying to drink water. To punish her and to ward off any future escape attempts, uh, her fingernails were torn off, she was beaten with bamboo sticks and golf clubs, and her hands and feet were broken by having weights smashed over them, and they also uh, covered her legs in lighter fluid and set them on fire. And eventually, obviously, things like this, the beatings are going to take a toll, and so it got to the point where Junko could barely move and, and damage to her internal organs uh, and led to difficulties with bowel and bladder control. Uh, they said it would take her up to uh, it would take her up to an hour to crawl to the bathroom. And and in one case, she didn't make it to the bathroom in time and uh, she was again severely beaten. In some cases, she was made to eat and drink her own feces and urine, as well as eating live cockroaches in the cold of winter, she was made to sleep on an outdoor balcony, too weak to call for help to the passers-by below her. And obviously with what's going on here, it, it, it just stands to reason that eventually... 44. 44? Okay. 44. I just counted. All right. Then 44 then. As the new year passed, Junko begged for her captors to just kill her and get it over with. Uh, her broken body was so riddled now with infection 
that they didn't even have an interest in using her sexually anymore and, and sexually assaulting her uh, because her many burns and wounds were infected and it was just creating an, an awful smell. They were like leaking pus. Um, so that didn't stop them from beating her. But when they would beat her, they would tape plastic bags around their hands so they couldn't catch what, whatever infection she had by touching her. And finally, on January 4th, 1989, Hiroshi Miyano, mad about losing a game of Mahjong, beat Junko again. And this time the attack lasted for two hours, during which Junko collapsed into a nearby stereo and started convulsing. And uh, they, they all thought she was faking to try to get out of being beaten. So they poured lighter fluid all over her and set her on fire. And she struggles fruitlessly for a while, attempting to put the fire out. And eventually she just stops moving. And later that night, Hiroshi's brother called him to tell her that he thought Junko was dead. And she was. So trying to avoid being caught, the kidnappers put Junko in a 55-gallon drum, which they then filled with wet concrete. The drum was taken to an industrial area of Tokyo and left in an abandoned lot. And it's likely that Junko would have never been found if not for Hiroshi and Joe being taken in by police for another suspected gang rape, and they were interrogated separately. Obviously, you do that when you bring in multiple suspects for the same crime. You bring them in separately and try to catch like how their stories contradict one another. And so the other thing the cops will do when they're doing that is they'll say, oh, your, the, uh, the, your, your buddy told us everything. And that's what they did here. They led Hiroshi to believe that Joe Agora had confessed to a murder. Unbeknownst to Hiroshi, Joe hadn't confessed, and the police were talking about a completely different murder case where a woman and her seven-year-old son were killed in November of 1988. So I think I think I understand why it was why people are saying 40, mm -hmm. because the 40th day is when they kill her. Okay. So yeah, it was 40 days. But they still mutilate and beat her body. For another four. For another four. Yeah, it's craziness. And uh, Hiroshi and Joe were likely not responsible for those killings uh, because police weren't even talking about the Junko Furuta murder. They're talking about another case uh, that happened a few days before they kidnapped Junko, where uh, a woman and her seven year old son were killed in November of 1988. And Hiroshi thinks they're not talking about that. Th he thinks they're talking about Junko Furuta. So he leads officers to uh, where the body was being hidden in the 55 gallon drum. And once they get all the concrete away, Junko's face had been so badly damaged and bruised and swollen that they had to use dental records to identify her. She weighed only 77 pounds at the time of her death, and she was also pregnant. Uh, and by the way, that other case that they, they suspected Hiroshi and Joe of, unsolved to this day. The woman and her seven-year-old son. They don't think they did it, but unsolved to this day. Um, and just when you think this case couldn't get any more infuriating... Uh, we're going to talk about what happened next after this short break. Hey, this is Jackson Wells. You know me for murder, my dude, but you may not know that I have a new nostalgia podcast. Talking Back is my new podcast where I'll talk about everything from bikes to trains to, well, you get it. We're going to be talking classic toys, cartoons, wrestling, games, and more. And it's not just me. I'll have a new guest on each week to reminisce about their childhood favorites. Make sure to visit ProjectHumanoid.com to figure out more about guests, the premiere date, and other information. And follow Talking Back Pod on Instagram as well. 
That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-A-C-K-P-O-D on Instagram. Hey, Anthony here from Tornado Tag Podcast. We cover everything from WWE, NXT, AEW, and also cover the local scene with shows like Outbreak, PPW, and much more. Tune in every Friday for news, our take on local shows, and a weekly topic. Search IWEP Network. That's IWEP Network on YouTube or your favorite podcast or music app. We'll see you then. Until then, support local wrestling. So another maddening part of the Junko Furuta murder case is how minor the repercussions were for the perpetrators. And minor is a key word there. And I didn't, no pun intended, but I, it kind of works in. In Japan, the age of adulthood, and it's actually changing in 2022, but it's 20 years old. You're not legally considered an adult until you're 20. And all four of the perpetrators in this case were in their teens at the time. And though they faced adult sentencing, uh, the courts ruled that the uh, records of the case would be sealed and the defendants would not be named in public. Anything that the courts released, their faces were blurred, their pictures weren't released to the public. Uh, but a, a Japanese weekly news magazine, Shukan Bunshin, stepped in saying, quote, Human rights aren't needed for brutes. And the journalists of that magazine did their detective work and they actually unearthed the names and faces of all four of the, the perpetrators and published them. So they, they ignored the court and said, no, we're going to name these people. And um, instead of pursuing a murder charge, prosecutors in the case struck a plea deal that saw the four perpetrators receive shockingly light sentences. Uh, Joe Agora, 17 at the time of the kidnapping and murder, only served eight years in juvenile detention. Uh, he later changed his name to Joe Kamasaku, and he would al allegedly brag about his role in Junko's torture and death, and later served another seven years in jail after being charged and uh, with the kidnapping and beating of Takatoshi Asano, who was a man that Joe suspected of having an affair with his girlfriend. And so he kidnapped the guy, drove him to, I think the guy owned a bar, worked at a bar, and just beat him for four hours. And he got arrested for that. Shinji Minato was sentenced to four to six years in prison, uh, but he tried to appeal. He wanted, he wanted an even lesser sentence. But the judge was having none of it. So when he appealed his sentence and said four to six years is too much, the judge raised it to five to nine years. And despite owning the home where Junko was kept and not knowing about her ordeal, Shinji and, and knowing about her ordeal and doing nothing about it, I should say, uh, Shinji Minato's parents were not charged, although Junko's family did win a civil lawsuit against them. Uh, Shinji Minato lived with his mother after being released and was arrested for attempted murder in 2018 for beating a man and slashing his throat. Uh, Yasushi Watanabe is the only four of the or the only one of the four to not reoffend. He was sentenced to three to four years, with the prison term also increased when he tried to appeal. It was raised to five to seven years. And the alleged ringleader, Hiroshi Miyano, he was given the harshest sentence of all, 17 years. But like two of his associates, he did the thing where he appealed and tried to get a lesser sentence and wound up getting 20 years instead, uh, which is the second longest prison term in Japan besides a life sentence. So there's one step over that. I don't know what it is, probably like 30 or 30, 40 years. So how do you just kept his mouth shut? He would have had 17 sur if he didn't stuff. appeal. Yeah, three of them. Three of them appealed. They gave them bigger sentences instead. Wow. Don't because appeal. there was a lot of 
there was a lot of outrage, and in my opinion, justifiably so, that the sentences were so light. Like, in my opinion, none of these three should have gotten anything less than life in prison with no parole. Uh, and Hiroshi was later uh, arrested uh, for suspicion of fraud, but he wasn't charged. He was actually released. He changed his name to Hiroshi Okayama and has competed in amateur kickboxing matches, and his nickname is Concrete. Well, that's not a fucking cool name. No. Uh, he did, he married a woman from Romania in 2006, and the couple has a daughter. Um, how do you explain your past? How do you, yeah, to a daughter especially, yeah, yeah, daddy kidnapped the girl, made her eat her own shit, Ranger. set off lit firecrackers in her anus, broke bottles off in her anus, yeah. set her on fire, burned her to death. That's a rough talk to have. Was she raped 400 times, something like that? Uh, let, there's a lot of conflicting stories, like a lot of, I guess they said, like, basically they had a lot of, like, other people in the Yakuza would come in and rape her, but some people say it was mainly just those four. But yeah, it was daily. Like, she was being beaten and raped daily. For, uh, for 40 days. And, uh, Hiroshi's parents sold their house and sent the proceeds, about 50 million yen, which in today's money would be about $480,000. Uh, they sent that to the Furuta family. But obviously, no amount of money is going to take the place of your daughter and uh, Junko's mother in particular took her daughter's death very hard. She had to go uh, undergo inpatient treatment for her mental health. And uh, her and Junko's father, uh, she and Junko's father later later divorced. To make matters worse, Joe Agora spent a good deal of his father's savings, which was earmarked for restitution payments for Junko's family, on just different things he wanted to buy. And while it's not proven, it has been alleged and it's been accused that um, Joe Agora's mother vandalized Junko Furuta's grave, blaming her for ruining her son's life. And uh, several several true crime books in Japan were were written about this like, case. That's where I wouldn't I I wouldn't be upset if somebody just went over and punched that lady right in the fucking head. Yeah, and jaw. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's unbelievable how it's just, it's hard to put on the words how. Like just how you how is like the most anybody saw, uh, was punished for this twenty years in jail? After all the all the shit they did, like it, it's not, it's not, unreal. No, all right, all right, forget that, forget that. This mother yeah. vandalizes a fucking grave of a woman raped, yeah. and beaten and, and 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 brutalized, yeah, unimaginable torture because unimaginable of what, torture. It, because her fucking little boy, <laughs> yeah. Somebody should Savat kick that bitch right in the fucking mouth. Okay. <laughs> uh, and 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 this this case has been uh, the, the the source of several true crime books, uh, three or more. I'm not sure exactly how many. It was one of the factors in Japan raising the maximum sentence that somebody under 17 can receive from 15 years to 20 years. And I might have even been a. Um, now they've actually lowered the age of um adulthood 218 in japan like i said it'll take effect in 2022 two low budget movies are made they're basically like exploitation films what you would call like torture porn now uh b movies one was made in 1995 so only like six years after the case and that was literally called concrete encased high school girl murder case which is a great great movie named after my yeah. band and then uh 2004 there was another one made uh, influenced by the uh, the case, it was just called Concrete. 
which was a lot more concise. And a manga, uh, 17 Sai, was uh, made. I think that one almost... They almost did what, what uh, Tarantino does, with, has done with some movies where... Now you say manga? I always said manga growing up. Manga? Yeah, because most people I knew said manga. But maybe it is manga. Mm, isn't that like the Italian word for, like, eat? That's manja. Oh, manja. Isn't that, isn't that the hats that people have? With That's manga. Uh, but yeah, so I think that when they actually did the whole, like, we're going to change history and, and the girl, in the, it's, and I don't think she's called Junko, but the girl that's supposed to be her winds up escaping and it, it's one of those things, almost like Inglorious Bastards, where they kind of change the course of history. Spoilers, if you haven't watched Inglorious Bastards, it's a, how old is that movie now? Like 12 years old? Is it? Is that old? I, I think so. I remember seeing that in the theaters. And uh, in fact, I remember really having to pee, but not wanting to leave the theater. So I, I held it until the end of the movie. Good. I'm glad. Glad you finally got to go pee. Yeah. I'm going to go pee right now. I'm oh. actually not. We're not We're not quite done the show yet. Oh. We're breezing through this show, though. But uh, Breezing through. We do have one other thing left to do right, before to we call. No, before that, no. we can hold it. It's time for another game of Who Died the Worst. That's right, everybody. It's time for your favorite game in mine, but not Jackson Wells's. Uh, who died the worst? It's not who died uh, the worst. I'm going to tell you who died the worst. It was Jumbo Saruta. Junko Furuta. Mm. Jumbo Saruta died pretty badly, too. I, I'm going to look it up now. I think he died of cancer. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, he did not die as bad as Junko Furuta. Let me put some respect on her name and uh, and and say her name uh, for real. R.I.P. Junko Furuta. You. Wow. I, I That is probably like. Probably the worst. Yeah. No, it, for me, I, mean, I, I there, think there's, there's a lot of bad shit. Yeah. This happened through, you know, through all of these, you know, murders or a lot of bad shit. Mm -hmm. But holy fuck, dude. How does any how does anyone top that? So we're looking for we looking like, yeah, it's the worst. Like, yeah, what we do, who died the worst kind yeah. of that one wins every time. If she was in the running, if it was her yeah. versus any, who's going to beat her? No, it, it's the worst one. No, it, it has to it, my, it, Like, I can't, I can't even think of it. Here's, what could possibly be worse? Look, here's the thing. We don't put creepy, you know, uh, uh, music behind it. We don't put, like, this bed of, you know, like, and then on the 40th day. Like, we don't, we yeah. don't talk like that. That's just not what our show is. Mm -hmm. Give you the facts. That's the facts, man. Uh... There wasn't a whole lot of funny th this week. Right. How am I going to give you funny? No, there's... When, when you're talking about something like that, there's nothing How am I going to give you funny? The only thing is, if you're a wrestling fan and you got the... Uh, uh, Jumbo Saruta. Jumbo Saruta fucking... By the thing. way, he, he died of a botched liver transplant. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're... if That's it. That's all I can give you this week. Sorry. Not that, you, you know, you're, you're fucking, you know dying uh of laughter every week <laughs> i hope not yeah we'd lose all our listeners yeah, yeah we're making people die of laughter right and then you'd be on who died the worst to be like our listeners <laughs> our listeners yeah. they laughed so much at that jumbo saruta joke they died yeah well 
Look, not the funniest thing, but uh, I I just didn't want to. No, it's you know, it's some of them are just obviously anytime somebody is murdered, it's bad. But yeah, yeah murder is bad. Don't murder. Stop it. Don't bad people. I, I see you over there murdering. You knock that off yeah, right now. Don't murder or bad anyone. <laughs> don't bad anyone. Don't do that. Don't don't bad thing. Yeah. Don't do bad thing. Yeah. Don't bad anyone. There's gonna be a new t shirt <laughs> coming in twenty twenty four. Nice. Yeah. Nice. A year after the other fifty percent badass, fifty <laughs> percent little teapot t shirt comes out. Well, at least we have a release schedule now. Yeah. Twenty twenty three. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So this week we're the white. I mean, what? I mean, <laughs> who died the worst? First, this has been a long opening. Yeah. Uh, who died the worst? I'm going to give Jackson Wells over here three deaths. I'm not calling my my spots this time. Uh, he is going to tell me which of these three died the I worst. I am going to do that. Uh, the first one is a twofer. Twofer. Uh, it happened on a uh, a holiday resort. What we would call a vacation resort, but I guess in England they call them holidays, even though this is Spain. I guess it's for uh, to attract the British. Well, that is in, in Europe. Europe. Yeah. Um, and the two people who died here are British. Uh, this was at a holiday resort in, uh, Benidorm, Spain. Aha. And two British sisters, Mildred Bowman and Alice Wardle, uh, 62 and 68. Of course their names are Mildred and Alice. It's the most British thing ever. Yeah. What's next? Louise? No. Um. Libby. Libby? Yeah. Remember a, Libby? Yeah, there's an old. Libby's? No, there's an old lady named Libby. Oh. Speaking of which, you know Ruby's is closing? Um, hate to ask this, but what is Ruby's? It's like the largest costume shop. Like I thought that was Halloween Adventure. No, no, that's a store. Oh, okay. That's a chain store. Like, this is like an actual, like, shop yeah, Ru- shop. Ru- Ruby's is the ones that makes the costumes. Oh, okay. Yeah. They make, like, uh, a lot of the makeup and, and costumes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're closing. Um, yeah, they're, like, the biggest one. Now I'm wondering, like, who the hell is going to make all the... Halloween costumes. I'm sure somebody will buy them. Yeah, there's always going to be that, that that thing that rises up to fill the void. Yeah, and, and, and it sucks because you know the the, the tradition and everything. And I, I think of I think of that with like um business, like the, a lot of the bars and stuff. And it sucks. All these like historical places are closing, like a lot of these bars and things. Like a lot of concert venues in New York are in trouble. Like and uh, big places like that. There's one. It's I think it's come like Arlene's Grocery or something like that. It's like a okay, big, yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I think they're in danger of like permanently closing. I heard uh, Ruby Tuesday. Um, they, I know uh, they filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, filed bank for bankruptcy. Like yeah. Friendlies is done. Yeah, they, no, they're not. Oh, they're not. No. Oh, they filed, they filed Chapter Eleven, right? They filed Chapter Eleven, but they're. I mean, I think the one here. Oh, the one here closed before is, that. Yeah, closed. But the one by us is definitely. No, they're still open. Closed. They're still open in other places, and oh. um, yeah, they're still open, and uh, I think somebody's like trying to buy them out. Okay. Yeah. A lot of times they'll have like maybe like the original owner will come in and try to like save it. I think that happened with Best Buy. Like, Best Buy, the person who started the company, came in and bought it. Well, I know they bought the name, the, the website and stuff, right? Well, Best Buy, I don't think Best Buy went out of business. I think oh, it's no, still around. You know what I'm thinking of? Um, Circuit oh, City? Circuit City. Tiger Direct bought the name. For Circuit City? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was going to say, I know somebody owns the website, and so you can still, yeah. you can still get that. And uh, what the hell's the other thing? Was it uh, Suncoast? Suncoast, Suncoast okay. video. I think I think Suncoast still has a website. I don't think it's still around, but I remember like in the early two thousands, there was a website called fuckedcompany.com and it would just always report on like whenever a company was doing layoffs or like completely closed up shop, which is kind of grim, and and especially like retail. A lot of re- like the Bonton went out of business. I think like Deb, 
went out of business. There, there's been enough of them. And Kmart's been on the ropes forever. JCPenney's on the ropes now. But this isn't about what company died the worst. Oh, this apparently is... Suncoast is still, uh... Oh. They still have five locations. How about that? Yeah, that's crazy. I thought they were, like... Well, I know there's, like, the Bend Blockbuster. That's, like, a big thing. The last Blockbuster in Bend, Oregon. Yeah. Because you can buy, like, Blockbuster membership cards and things like that. Which is cool. Like, yeah, two bucks for a Blockbuster membership card. Uh, but anyway, um, what you can't... What has, uh, unfortunately gone away are, uh, Mildred and Alice. The, uh... Poor Mildred and Alice. Poor, poor Mildred and Alice. They were, uh, staying at a, uh, apartment complex, like a rental complex a in flat. Spain. A flat. Uh, they were killed. Uh, they were sleeping in a, uh, it was a studio apartment they had rented for their vacation, for their holiday. As I say, they were on holiday. And you know the, uh, Murphy beds, like the pull-down beds? Yeah, of course. Uh, there was, they, uh, they were on these pull-down beds, and the frame the pull-down beds, like, went up into fell on top of them while they were sleeping. And these are older women. Uh, they, uh, the police who investigated said that they found cuts and bruises on their hands, like they were kind of like trying to push or claw their way out, but they couldn't move the uh, the frame of the bed, and it, it was found that they died of asphyxiation. So uh, they think that it was either they think it may have uh, given way, like the frame may have given way because they didn't lower the beds correctly, but there were no instructions in the room saying how to lower the beds, and they were missing for over a day. Um, they people were like pushing notes under their door. Nobody was aware they were trapped inside their room. They, they, no, I guess they went to sleep on a Saturday night. They were found on a Thursday morning after, uh, they just weren't able to clean the room for a few days. So death number one is, uh, asphyxiating, basically choking to death, uh, smothering because the Murphy bed you're sleeping in, the frame falls on you and you can't get out. That's death number one. Death number two uh, takes us to academia. We're going to the Ivy Leagues now. I believe it's an Ivy League school. Dartmouth? Is it? Dartmouth I want to say Dartmouth is Ivy League. I believe they're the big green. I think it's like Cornell is the big red and Dartmouth is the big green. But anyway, uh, we're talking about a professor of chemistry at Dartmouth. Karen... It is a private Ivy League okay. research university yeah. in Hanover, New Hampshire, United States. Okay. Established in 1769. That's a long time ago. By Eleazar Wheelock. Eleazar. E-L-E-A-Z-A-R. I like it. Wheelock. Hmm. That sounds like a wizard. Yeah, he does. Eleazar Wheelock. Yeah, it sounds fake. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Dartmouth's fake. Like, isn't that how like, people say Australia's fake? People say everything's fake. <laughs> yeah. You, you know... Have you ever even been to Texas? Like, yes. I not haven't. Me, not me. No. I haven't been there either. Well, I, maybe it is fake. I hope it is. Texas? That means Dallas is fake and the Cowboys are fake. Yeah. So anyway, Karen Wetterhahn was not fake, but she is dead. Mm -hmm. uh, she was a chemistry professor at Dartmouth, and she was working with uh, a compound called dimethyl mercury. Yeah. And and she was working under, you know those fume hoods they have? Have you ever been, like, in, in um, like my high school chemistry uh, classroom had one basically it's like the thing where you uh it's like a little like almost like a lid or a cover and you lift it up and it's like a it's almost like a window but it goes right down sure kind of like our window in the living room where you can't really keep it open but basically it's uh it's basically like a um a compartment where you can 
work with chemicals and then and then you can not breathe them in because you have this uh this compartment where it's it's basically called a fume hood basic and uh I remember the one time we used it in my chemistry class there's one element I think it's magnesium and if you get pure magnesium they have to like store it in some kind of oil because if you put it in if you just have it laying out like pure magnesium out in the open it will violently chemically react with the uh, oxygen and water vapor in the air and it'll basically set itself on fire just by being out in normal air. So our chemistry teacher just put some uh, magnesium out, I think it was magnesium, out under the fume hood and then closed the thing so you would just see all the smoke and sparks coming up. Uh, but dimethylmercury is very, very dangerous, very, very poisonous. And unbeknownst to unbeknownst to the uh, the professor here, unbeknownst to Karen Wetterhan, uh, she, well, not unbeknownst, she actually realized she had spilled like a few drops of the dimethylmercury on her latex gloves. And she's an expert in toxic metals, so she knows that this stuff is some of the most poisonous, uh, some of the most poisonous, like, liquid metal you can find. So even though she just, like, a drop or two got on her gloves, she immediately um, followed the safety protocol. She took the gloves off, washed her hands, cleaned her tools... And this was all on um, in August of uh, 1996. Later that year, she in November, she started like throwing up a lot, feeling nauseous all the time. Her vision was going away. Her hearing wasn't so good. She kept falling down a lot. Uh, her speech was starting to slur. And so basically she became 80. Yeah, she became 80 and or drunk. Um, so doctors are like... Huh, this is weird. Um, have, have you been drinking any uh, mercury lately? Well, they said it. It's oh. uh, they said it kind of reminds us of mercury poisoning. Uh, do you have any enemies? Do you have anybody that might be trying to kill you? Is basically what they asked. And she's like, no. Uh, but I did have this incident with dimethylmercury, and it wound up killing her. She wound up dying the next year of mercury poisoning. Next uh, June. She died of mercury poisoning. Oh, man. You know what? A few months ago, I was eating a couple cans of tuna fish in a row, like mm-hmm. a couple days in a row, and now and, I'm starting to feel a little queasy. I don't think you have to worry about it. This, yeah. And, and this, this death actually changed a lot of the protocol and the way you handle dimethylmercury. I think you have to wear more than just latex gloves now. And unfortunately, she had to die because of it. You have to wear a mask. A, glo- a mask on your hands. A hand- well, I guess a glove is a hand mask. Yeah. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be our uh, that's gonna be another thing we're selling. We're gonna sell a mask, yeah, and we're just gonna have on the mask it'll say face glove, right? And then we'll have a glove that says hand mask, right? So death number two is you get a few drops, um, one or two drops of this of of, of tuna juice on your hands. of tuna juice on your hands, and yeah. it poisons you and kills you. Yeah, you die from tuna. You die from tuna. Yeah. Right. So death number three. Uh, this is gonna take us to New Zealand. All right. New Zealand, and this is a... Um, I want to go to Old Zealand. I don't know where... I guess it would be like... An, is there a Zealand in England? Is it like New York or... New Am- Well, New Amsterdam would be Holland. Uh, this is a guy named Har- Howard. I almost said Harold. Howard Miller. And he was a welder. I guess it's uh, from like a... Uh, De- Zealand. Or oh, okay. Sealand. Oh, okay. Uh... Uh, is the largest, most populous island in Denmark proper. How about that? How about huh. that? 
I always say this when we bring up anytime I see like pictures of New Zealand, gorgeous. Yeah, don't care. Gorgeous. About it. I don't um, care about that. They don't have uh, the right culture. You know, fun stuff. Hey, look, don't get me wrong. I'd go there. I want to go to fucking Australia. Mm-hmm. I want to go there. I don't know why, but I have this thing where I want to go to a mall in Australia. A mall. <laughs> okay. A mall. Yeah, I want to yeah. go to a mall in Australia. What's wrong with that? Nothing. I want to take in one of their beaches. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to go. I want to go to a mall in Australia. I just want to see what they have to offer. I want to go to uh, Little New Zealand in New York. <laughs> yeah, <I> remember that? <laughs> it's fucking great. <laughs> it's like a flight of Congress is fucking amazing. That's a great Rit- show. Prison. Uh, but I, I, I want to go there, but I don't want to live there. I don't want to live there. I like this culture here, America, with our Facebook Marketplace mm-hmm. and you know all the the things we have here that are american i like being an american unless i could be canadian then i would like being canadian <laughs> which is kind of like an american yeah except nicer and they let you know about it and i'll tell everybody yeah, i'm fucking really nice i'm so nice i'm so fucking nice maybe it's the fucking color blue that makes you an asshole yeah let's do the red let's go bloods yeah that's right i'm throwing up a blood sign right now mm-hmm. yeah fuck the crips that's right yeah well, we like red. We're Phillies fans. Yeah. Yeah. And the Eagles. Oh, wait, that's they, green. They're green, yeah. Red, green, colorblind. Yeah, it, it happens, especially yeah. with, with guys. Anyway, um, this guy, Howard Miller, he's from New Zealand. New Zealand. Uh, he, he's no longer with us, unfortunately. R.I.P. Howard. He, How? uh, he did some welding, and he wanted to help a friend of his who had a uh, an old car that he wanted a new exhaust pipe on. So Howard was coming over to, to weld an exhaust pipe onto this car. And he didn't have the right tools, so he just made a DIY welding kit. Yeah, as as one would. Um, so basically, he took this bottle. It's called an LPG bottle. It's not like a propane tank. And he mixed together the two things you need to run an acetylene torch when yeah. you're welding. Mercury? No. Um, acetylene. Again, it's an acetylene torch. And oxygen. And basically, the acetylene... when it, when it, I tried doing that, but I was mixing oxygen and saltines. Didn't work. No. But I ate it. Yeah, that's just deliciousness. Yeah. Maybe a little dollop of salsa. You get some a spoon and put a dollop you know, of salsa. No, nobody eats fucking salsa and salt with saltines except for you and, and your now children. my son. Yes, your sons. Oh, sons. They both like it. Oh, they both like it. Yeah, they love oh, it. God, my daughter better stay the fuck away from it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You you also dip your fucking saltines in coffee. I haven't been doing that. I'm all about the salsa now. I'm all about the I salsa. I don't now. even want to fucking hear it. It, but, uh, pro I'm, tip: I, I didn't even rat out the kids to their the the one mom won't say anything, but the other kid's mom, oh, she'll mm. say something. Yeah, and she's gonna yell at him. I'm glad because then he won't be able to fucking eat salsa on saltines anymore. <laughs> it, it, it's a delectable little treat. No, it's not. You just take, no, it's not. Especially make a you're little wrong. sandwich about with it. Wrong. You take a you take a saltine. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose in four years. Uh, you take a saltine cracker. And you take a, a spoonful of salsa, and you place it on the saltine cracker. Then you place another saltine cracker on top of the first saltine it's cracker. It's not a sandwich. It's a salsa sandwich. Please stop. It's an amuse-bouche. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the way an acetylene torch usually works is uh, the, the acetylene mixes with oxygen uh, in the air, not in the tank. That's very important. And then you use you use that to weld things together, uh, but this tank had it all pre mixed, uh, so it had the acetylene and the oxygen all in one tank. Basically, that no longer is an acetylene torch; it is now a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> it is now it's a, a bomb. bomb. Um, 
So, especially when you don't have a flow regulator. So, the guy whose car it was is like, Yo, Howard, this is not good. I'm getting out of here. He's like, ah, it's fine. I know what I'm doing. I'm a welder. And then Howard exploded. And that's death number three. Okay. So death number one yeah. is uh, the uh, the Murphy bed, the fold-up bed, fo- the frame falls on you, and you basically suffocate while you're trying to escape. Death number two... <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing at that. <laughs> Why are you laughing? The Junko Furuta case is so bad that these are now funny. Uh, death number two... Now, like, 60-year-old British women su- trying to claw their way out from under a bed is funny. That's because they're names. Do you think they were, oh no! Yeah. Oh no! That's what I'm thinking. Like, like they're wearing like a bonnet. <laughs> they also like Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, everything about it is just like fun. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Oh, you know what? Fuck you, you limey fucking pieces of shit. You know what the fuck Yo, you wait, did to I, us? No, no, we you have. You know what you did stop, to my fucking stop. people? The what? UK is like our third biggest audience. Please stop. <laughs> oh, we love you, limey pricks. Yeah. So fucking Australians. They're like down the line. I'm like, low they're like three percent yeah it's a shame what happened in fucking new zealand didn't yeah. happen to you you fucking boomerang throwing motherfuckers yeah you kangaroo cunt fucks <laughs> okay jesus uh death number two number two death number two is the uh the chemistry professor who gets a drop or two of the dimethylmercury right, on her glove and dies of tuna and dies of uh yeah mercury poisoning she's got the tuna juice death mm-hmm. number three is yeah. uh you try to make an acetylene torch and you wind up making a bomb and blowing yourself up. Right. So I ask you, Jackson Wells, who died the worst? Well, uh, immediately, immediately, I'm eliminating the dumb New Zealand fuck. Okay. He goes first for being a dumb fuck. Yes. Fuck him. That's also the quickest way to die, so he probably would go first. Right. Know, know what you're doing. Uh, so you're gone. Mm-hmm. Now it's between the funny Murphy bed. <laughs> the funny Murphy bed. Yeah. Or uh, or tuna juice, tuna juice, and uh, there's a clear winner here. The winner is number two, tuna juice. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's why. One, fuck you, you British fucking pieces of hey, shit. No, no, Do you know we what love you did the British to my people. fucking people for we so love many British fucking people. years. Hey, we tried to escape these fucking pieces of shit. What a war to get away with from these people. Listen. No, I, I love the British people. They're they're my uh, second favorite people. Yeah. Behind okay. Canadians. All right. Uh, third, fourth, third. You behind just really like racist Canadians. You? And I like how the British, by the way, try to look at Americans as we're, like we're fucking racist. Like, <laughs> hey, we from you, Dad. I learned it by watching yeah. you. Like, <laughs> yeah. You and the fucking Dutch. I like how we, <laughs> the Dutch are like, oh, like with their clogs, they're all fucking cute and funny, and we're supposed to like them. Like, you ran slave ships. Yeah. We wouldn't have had slavery. It's called it the Dutch slave trade. Yeah. Like, you started it, you fucking... You don't just get to fucking do that and skip town. And, and call back to last week, the uh, the Canadians don't have the best record with indigenous people still. There's just something where, like, uh, I think, like, the this uh, native... Uh, per, These are the people uh, per, you love. I think he's secretly fucking race. They, you know what? They say, that about, they say that about Democrats. They say that about Democrats. Democrats are, like, the biggest racists... I don't know. I think the Republicans might have them beat a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. At least Republicans are kind of out and open about that it. That doesn't mean you're not racist. It just means you're open about it. Yeah, but I mean, I think, what's race? What's worse? Out in the open racist or secret racist? Depends on how racist they are. The one that's more racist is worse. I think, I think the other, I think the secret one is more racist. Secret racist. 
Please don't sing anymore. Oh, okay. That's we're gonna all die the worst. Uh I'll go with number two. Num- Here, here's why. I would have went with number one, but okay. Why would you go with number one? At least that's short and funny and quick, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, you know, oh no, me bonnet. And then they fucking- No, I think it's you're sleeping and all of a sudden you're trapped under this thing and you're trying to claw your way out and you can't escape and you were suffocate. They really clawing their way out. They said there were scratch marks on the frame, yes. Maybe they did that before they went to bed. Maybe they're getting frisky. No, they were sisters. Ugh. Maybe they were getting frisky. Well, no, I, I saw the bed frame. It was actually like two separate beds, and the frame was like around both of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, so they don't think nobody was getting frisky. And there were claw marks? I think they said there were scratch How strong marks. were their nails? Come on. Okay. Come Ultimate on. Warrior left claw marks in that casket. That was fake. What? <laughs> it's wrestling. Oh, no. Oh, huh. Yeah. Look, number two, this lady fucking she's she's a, a pro mm-hmm. and she gets a little bit of fucking tuna juice on her hand on her glove on her glove and mm-hmm. she's dying a fucking year later yeah come on that's man. bad it's that's real bad. bad that's real fucking bad like can't even eat tuna these days you can just not too much right she wanted to she wanted to one planet one fucking time do you think what? never mind well, i'll ask you later no ask me now do you think cats can get Mercury poisoning uh, tuna. Oh, okay. I'm about to buy a whole you lot of what? tuna. Let's let's try on the dog first, the white one. No, uh, no, he doesn't like tuna. He has food. No, let's try on him first. Nah. All right, that's that's my pick. Look, maybe you would have went with one. Yeah, hey, I'm not the judge here. Yeah, I'm not the I judge. I went here. with one. I went with one. You went with two. I, 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 I'm sorry, two. You yeah. went with two. You went with the professor. You went with Dartmouth. Yeah. I think it was a spell by the founder of Dartmouth. I think he just put yeah. a spell on him. Yeah, Wheelock, the wizard. Wheelock, the wizard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, so that that's our episode this week. Sorry for bumming everybody out with a uh, awful story. You're welcome. Uh, next week, it is going to be a murder, but it's going to be not as bad. Um, okay. It's not going to be torturous. It is going to oh, be a... It? Uh, Tell us. What is it? It is a... Um, I, see, I remember the person who did its name, and that kind of ruins was- the surprise. It's going to be a oh. uh, crime of passion. Uh, it's going to be a, a, t- a crime of passion. Oh, okay, so it's a passion fruit crime. No? Um, no, 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 not a crime of passion fruit. Oh. It is... Um, What's the one that you were... Is it the one you were working on before? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's about a... Um, a uh, murder of a of a woman that went unsolved for a long time, and then the uh, the culprit was a uh, quite a surprising person. Oh, alrighty. And uh, so you'll have to find out more about it when we see you next week with more murder, my dude. So wait, wait, wait. You mean to tell me wrestling is fake? Well, I mean, it's scripted. Okay. So Owen Hart didn't die? No. Oh, cool.